This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Happy Sunday, New Life! (laughs) It's so good to be with you. My name's Christy. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm really excited this Sunday because we are kicking off a brand new series this morning. It's a series called Rooted, a series where we're talking about being planted in the beauty and the wisdom of God's words. You know, one of the things that Christians have believed since the beginning is that God has spoken to us through the scriptures. He re- he's revealing himself through the scriptures. Um, he's revealing his intentions on how we can find him. He's helping us to understand the brokenness of our own story, our own rebellion, and how he wants to lead us out of that brokenness and into the life that he has for us. So I'm super pumped to get into this this morning. Um, And this morning, I think I'm just going to share some scriptures, um, a few different scriptures that have impacted my view of God's heart for me, some scriptures that have helped shape my view of um, his words to us, because God's words are a treasure. And so if that's okay, I'd love to to share those scriptures with you this morning. So go ahead. If you have your Bibles, get them out, open them to Psalm chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1? Is it Psalms or Psalm? Psalms. Psalms 1, verse 1. It says this, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. So um, my family and I, we moved here in 2020. And one of my favorite things about being here in Sonoma County are the beautiful redwoods. Uh, that you guys have here. Man, they are spectacular. Um, and during COVID, <laughs> we, my family and I, we took a little hike um, to see them, and we, it, they're just incredibly beautiful. You, they're strong, they're majestic, they're massive. I think it was um, John Steinbeck that said, uh, redwoods are an ambassador from another time. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, there are some redwoods that are alive today that were alive 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the earth. Isn't that incredible to think about that? Um, Coast redwoods live on average of 500 to 700 years. They can live more than 2,000 years. They grow 360 feet high. Yep, there's my kids at the thing. Um, and if you look at the, the tree rings on the inside, most of you probably know this. I didn't. Uh, but if you look at the rings on the inside, they tell a story. Um, a redwood grows layer by layer. So every year, a redwood gets a new layer. And if you count the rings, you can see how old it is. And they are super resistant. In fact, you know, we have fires in this area, and what scientists have found is that redwoods actually document and record all the fires that they've experienced in their lifetime. So they have this, like, incredibly thick 
outer um, bark that insulates them from the heat. And when redwoods get burned severely, they have this ability to sprout a new um, branch from their trunks, and they come back to life. So, like, they might look kind of beat up, but they do survive, which is amazing that they could survive a story. So when my family and I went to see them, um, we, I had found the trail on Google. We parked on the street. It was going to be like 90 degrees that day. And we find the trailhead, and we're going to go walk to see them. And it's like total dead grass zone. The sun is beating down. Um, there's nothing but dirt. You can't see any trees at all. It's insane. And I can tell my family's like, who let mom plan the hike, you know? <laughs> uh, and it's like 30 minutes in, we're still in this dry, hot, it was like walking through a matchbox, basically. It was definitely not fun. But let me tell you that the moment that we came upon the redwoods, the moment we stepped upon into, into the circle of redwoods, everything changed. We went from being in this dry, hot place to suddenly there was this canopy of green over us. There were ferns everywhere. The temperature dropped about 20 degrees. Uh, there's shade. There's a creek kind of running through that area. And it was just so lush and green. It was like completely stark contrast to what we had walked through. And so just humor me a little bit. I want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to picture the last redwood that you saw, okay? Think about its strength. Think about everything that it survived to still be standing tall. Think about it growing over time slowly, layer by layer. Think about the depths of its roots. It's strong. It's connected. And think about not only this tree's life, but all the animals and creatures that take life in its branches. And in your mind's eye, just kind of crane your neck and look, see if you can see the top of it. Take a deep breath and smell that, that piney, earthy smell. And I want you to take all the beauty and the strength and the inspiration that you feel about that tree, all of those feelings, and I want you to imagine that that awesome picture of strength and beauty is the same vision that God has for your life. All right, you can open your eyes. Let's look at this passage again. Oh, the joys. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Another version said, blessed is the one. Blessed means you're under God's blessing. There's an intrinsic rightness. Um, there's a happiness that, that just comes from you. And um, these things are byproducts of our commitment to following Jesus. We don't walk. We don't stand. We don't sit in sinful activity. We don't sit in the broken ways of life that lead us away from God. Our lifestyle is distinct from that because we are choosing to pursue what God calls us to do. Verse 2, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. The law of the Lord, that's another word for scriptures. That's the scriptures they're talking about. They delight in the scriptures. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit once in their life. No, that's not what it says, is it? <laughs> what does it say? They are like trees planting along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. 
Their leaves never withered, and they prosper in all that they do. So picture your life like a redwood. God is transplanting you by the riverbank, and the riverbank is symbolic of his words to us, the scriptures, a place where you can bear fruit, where we can grow, where we can prosper, and you are a stark contrast to that dry matchbox desert trail uh, that you were walking on before. God does not want you living in a dead zone. And some of us are trying to produce, um, we're trying to sprout up on our own, but it doesn't work like that. We can only grow when we are planted with God, planted in his words, and that's his desire for you today. He wants to plant you where he is so that you can flourish. All right, verse 4, but not the wicked, they are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. Okay, so there's different endings for those who are seeking to follow God versus those who followed their own counsel and didn't bring their lives into alignment with God. And the people who have rejected God, they've rejected Jesus. You know, he's a gentleman. He respects their decision to reject him. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. So... When you and I, when we choose to listen and follow God's words, he watches over us. He enters into an intimate relationship with us. He protects us, and with loving care, he watches over us to lead us on the path of life. I remember the the very first time I had a revelation of God's love. Um, I was about 11 years old, and I was going through a crazy time in my life, like my parents had recently separated, and I was feeling a deep sense of change and rejection, and it was then that I walked through the back doors of a church service, like much like today, and I couldn't really explain to you what happened to me, but all of a sudden it was like I felt God's love for me for the first time. I had a revelation of his love. I felt kind of chills all over, Um, and I felt God speaking to me saying, Christy, I want you to follow me. I'm going to step into your life, and I'm going to fill the void of a father in your life. And I'm, I'm not going to be like your earthly father. I'm going to be a heavenly father. And um, our relationship is not going to be like the broken ones here on earth. It's going to be a relationship that's full of love, that's full of protection, where we're going to talk together every day and and that God would guide me, you know, he'd guide me, he'd impart wisdom to me out of his love for me. And I can tell you today that he's been faithful to be that father to me ever since that day. And, um, you know, I wonder today if you've had a revelation of God's love for you, if you've had a moment of that, like that. And today, if you haven't, I believe he's inviting you into that. Because God's intentions for us are good. He wants to lead every single one of us into life. He does not want death for us. But there are only two choices before us, life or death. And God doesn't want us to head down that path of destruction. He offers his goodness to everyone, regardless of your past. But we have to make the choice to cherish him, to cherish his words, to trust his words, to follow his words of life. Because the scriptures are a gift to us. And there's a reason that we need to be reading them, right? There's a reason we need to be regularly in them because the scriptures actually teach us how to hear God's voice. 
God will never tell you to do something that contradicts what it says in the scriptures. And as your pastor, I just want to warn you that there is a Christian culture out there right now that wants to separate God from his words. And we have to be very leery of ideas that twist and turn scripture to fit today's morality. And Jesus warned us that there's going to be wolves in sheep's clothing And we have to be careful that we don't flirt with them, that we don't open our hearts to their teaching, and because they're going to lead us away from Jesus, and they're going to lead us onto the path of destruction. So that's why spending time in the scriptures every day is so important, so that you can start to hear the voice of God correctly. And the YouVersion app is amazing. I don't know if you guys have that app, but um, I love it. If you want to start building that like daily Bible habit, start by getting that app. It's free. Download it on your phone. It's called YouVersion. And every day they post a verse of the day. I, I always read it. I used to always read it with my kids when they were little. Um, if, if you're already good with that, try reading your way through the Gospels. Or then try reading through the Bible in a year. But when it comes to the Scriptures, a little bit over time is a feast. And God wants you to grow deep roots into his words because they are the only thing strong enough to build your life upon in this life. All right, so scripture, the the next scripture I want to share with you guys. This one changed my life when I was in my 20s. It's a really cool one. Um, It says this. It says, it's Psalm 119, 36, and it says, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Oh my gosh, when I read this for the first time, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. How do commands set me free? Like, I, to me, freedom means being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want, and commands kind of just seem like the opposite of freedom. Um, you know, like when I was a kid, I remember being in school and just being commanded to do stuff, right? Like, uh, I always got in trouble for, like, talking too much or not paying attention, This one time when I was in high school, I remember we got to go off campus for lunch on Fridays, and um, you had to have a permission slip to go, but that day I'd forgotten it, and my mom always signed it. She had no issues with me going off campus for lunch. My friends were leaving, and I'm like, I'm just going to go anyway, so I left, and we had lunch. We come back to the school, and when we come back to the school, the lunch ladies are in full force looking for me. Like, they are stopping cars in the driveway. They are, like, and this is me. I'm in the back seat with, under a pile of jackets, and they're like, is Christy in your car? <laughs> and I, I, like, got major detention for that. Uh, but anyways, it's just too funny, the angry lunch ladies walking around, hunting me down. And I think a lot of people see God's commands like the angry lunch lady coming to stop you from having fun. God is not the angry lunch lady coming after you to punish you. And if you view him like that, you're going to have issues in your relationship with him. God's commands are more like the parent that wants what's best for their child. I found some of these memes. Um, You guys can throw them up on the screen. The first one is uh, (laughs) these parents. We wouldn't let him swim in the sea. He can't swim, and it's six degrees, (laughs) right? mean parents, mean dad. I wouldn't let him eat batteries for breakfast, (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, man. The third one. He does not want me to take his sticker away. <laughs> At least it might absorb the tears. I had to put that one in. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, man, I can, I can be like those kids sometimes. And just like those parents who are looking out for their kids, God's words are a gift to us, aren't they? And they set us free. We think freedom is the power to do whatever we want. And some of us have learned the hard way because there are people who are living in chains today because of the free choices that they made in their life. Freedom to choose doesn't always lead to freedom. But following Jesus always leads to freedom. That's why the scriptures say where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. True freedom is the power to always choose to do what is right, what is best, what is good, what is kind and loving. True freedom is the ability to have the willpower to say no to eating batteries. Every time. I'm going to say no. That's true freedom. There's only one way to experience that kind of freedom. That kind of freedom is only found in Jesus Christ. When we trust him, when we follow his words, he fills us with his Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is amazing. The Holy Spirit lives within us and gives us the power to do what is right. You and I don't even possess that power within ourselves without the Holy Spirit. We can't live a pure life without the Holy Spirit. It's actually impossible. We're like those toddler memes, right? And we have to pray, Holy Spirit, I really want to eat batteries right now. Help me to stop wanting to eat batteries. Holy Spirit, align my desires with yours and empower me to walk it out. And as we listen and follow, he shows us the way. Now, teenagers in the room especially, I want to talk to you for a second. This world is going to throw all kinds of paths before you. And you need to learn how to tap into the Holy Spirit from a young age. When you're at school, when you're with friends, when you're in tough conversations, ask the Holy Spirit right then and there to come and guide you and show you the way home. And he's available to you 24-7. He wants to empower you as you negotiate these teenage years. And parents, it is not unloving to teach your kids God's way. Teaching your kids how to read the scriptures for themselves, teach them how to hear God's voice, teach them how to run things through the lens of scripture first so that they can catch those foxes, those little things that will ruin what God has planted in their heart. This world is pushing an agenda on them, and your job as parents is to push back and speak God's words over your kids. When um, our daughter Brooklyn was a toddler, she was climbing up this little play structure at, um, at a haircut place, and it was this play structure, probably this tall, and it had like four or five different levels, and um, you know, she crawls through the tube, she goes up a level, crawls through the tube, and she's going up, and she gets to like the fifth level, and she gets stuck, and she's just crying. She can't get down. And so we're like, we, Joel and I are like, we can't fit in there to go get her. Like, what do we do? And she's just crying. And so Joel's telling her, okay, Brooklyn, lay on your tummy. Like, lower your legs down the hole. And she was trying to touch the level before, but like she, her little toddler legs, she was like 
maybe two inches too short. But she couldn't see that, right? And so Joel's like, okay, let go. And she's like, no! <laughs> like, you know, and she literally cried for like five minutes until she finally got the courage to let go. And, um, and she, she's like, okay, I, I let go. I trust my dad's voice. And she was able to climb her way out of that play structure. You know, that is why the psalmist says, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free, like a child that is stuck finding their way to freedom. And I love this imagery of, of running here. Um, one way to know that your relationship with God is healthy is when you are running towards his voice. Like, if you're hesitating, if you are walking slow, if you are twisting his words that is a signal that your view of God is off. When you run towards his voice, that's a sign that your relationship with God is healthy. That's when you know that you are trusting that he's a good father. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. There is more joy there is more pleasure, there is more life, there is more freedom in God's presence than in anything else in this world. Do you believe that this morning? Do you trust God's heart towards you? That God's way will make people happier? It's not the goal. Holiness, being holy is the goal, but, but a byproduct of listening to his words and following him is happiness. And we have to stop perpetuating this lie that says following God's way is going to make me depressed. Following God's way is going to make me lonely. The opposite is true. Eternal pleasures are at his right hand. Oh my gosh, Jesus, I had no idea how, life, how good life could be when I stopped eating batteries, you know? <laughs> God invented pleasure. And he knows how good life is when we don't eat batteries. And God's way will make you happier. It might be difficult for a season. There might be a cross to bear for a season. God's way will probably be different than what you expected. But in the long run, you're going to be better for it and you're going to be happier. Psalm 119 says this, Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Can you honestly pray that this morning? I don't know if I can. <laughs> and even if you can't, that's okay. That is why we come to Jesus. That is why we read the scriptures. When we come to a passage like this and we're like, oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees, Jesus, I'm not quite there yet. We come to Jesus with that brokenness, and he does the healing it's not that we get our act together and then we come to Jesus. No, that's actually impossible. Nobody can do that. We come to Jesus as we are. And this is why the scriptures are so powerful. That's why we need to be in them, because they point our hearts into the alignment that we, that we need. You know, oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. God, I want that to be true of my heart. Would you shape my heart and give me the desire for that? And God is amazing because he can transform us in an instant. Holy Spirit, I don't have the desire to consistently follow you. Would you help change my heart to want the right things? That is a powerful prayer, because you'll discover, hmm, I'm not really finding fulfillment in that anymore. 
hmm, the Holy Spirit is all over me every time I, I um, approach this thing or, or, or act this way. Hmm, you know, this desire is just starting to shrink. Holy Spirit's voice is getting louder and louder. He's shaping a new heart within me. And every time I take a step and I follow God, I am like that redwood tree. God adding another ring of strength around my trunk. He's securing me in his words. He's, a, he's shaping my life. His words set us free. The words that God gives us are a treasure that we can embrace. This third passage is my favorite. I love it. Uh, worship team, you can come on up. Um, it's Proverbs 2. And it, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation because it's just so beautiful. But it says this, For the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly ones. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. Then you will discover all that is just, proper, and fair, and be empowered to make the right decisions as you walk into your destiny. When wisdom wins your heart and revelation breaks in, true pleasure enters your soul. If you choose to follow good counsel, divine design will watch over you, and understanding will protect you from making poor choices. It will rescue you from evil and disguise and from those who speak duplicities, for they have left the paths of the righteous and walk in the ways of the darkness. But I just love that. The Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly ones. It's a hidden storehouse that is only available when we choose to listen and follow. It's kind of like that, what is that platform in Harry Potter that just like appears, you know? <laughs> um, it's only available to us when we choose, when we step into that obedience. Everyone else is blind to it. It's invisible until you choose to listen and follow his voice. And today, God is extending his invitation to you. It doesn't matter what choices you made in the past. We all come from brokenness here today. Step into his words today, and you're going to step into a storehouse of wisdom. Today, let's say yes to Jesus, okay? Today, let's open our hearts to his words. Today, let's take the step to listen and follow. I don't know what that step is for you. Maybe um, you need to make a commitment to spend more time in the scriptures. Maybe this week it's time to find a Bible plan on the used version app. Maybe it's shifting your heart and shifting your perspective. Oh my gosh, God, you are a good father. I want to see you like that. Maybe it's saying, Holy Spirit, I need help with my life. Would you align my heart with yours? And would you change me from the inside out? Maybe it's stepping into a relationship with Jesus for the very first time. He, he is here. He's inviting you. Let's step in and do that today. What do you need? Let's ask him right now. Go ahead and stand up with me. And if you feel comfortable, I just want you to lift your hands to God. Jesus, we surrender to you. Would you align us with you, Father? We want to be like that tree that is planted in rich soil. We want to be planted in your words, God. Would you help us to hear your voice? Would you quiet the lies of the enemy? Jesus, today I say that I trust you. 
I want to follow your voice down to the path of freedom. Would you lead me away from destruction? Jesus, I want to follow you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.